0: And welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you that where we are, you're in our midst. So, Father, we thank you that as we come into your house today, that you're in this place. Lord, we just pray for divine revelation this morning. Lord, I just pray that the words of man would simply drop to the ground. Lord, that the revelation of heaven would pierce the hearts of your people this day. Father, that you would speak to us all where we're at, Lord. Lord, we just long to to hear from you, to know you more and to serve you more. All our days, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, well, I'm loving our vision this year. Everyone loving our vision this year? Our vision is know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. I love the pathway that that actually sets us on because I think for many of us it's very easy to have the end goal in mind, isn't it? You know, you may, uh, I I speak with a, a, um, a lot of clients in the finance area and their end goal might be I want to retire by age 50. I want to have a million dollars in the bank. I want to be financially free by age 30. Whatever these goals may be, the challenge is it's very pie in the sky, isn't it, until we actually establish the steps to get to that point. So we actually need to work backwards. And what I love about our vision this year is our end goal is actually to make a difference. And I don't think any of us sitting here today would say that, that when it comes to the end of our days and somebody is standing up here testifying about your life, wouldn't it be so incredible to say, Jen made a difference while she was on this planet. Michael made a difference while he was on this planet. Jackie made a difference while she was on this planet. And look at all the people that their life influenced and that they impacted. And isn't that incredible? But that can seem so big and out there. And so that's why it's so important that our, that our focus is actually on, okay, well, what comes first? So for us, it's establishing who God is and knowing of God, isn't it? So unquestionably, the best place, as we know, to get to know God is communing with him. So uh, walking with him every day, getting into his word, you know, throwing ourselves into that. But I also believe, and this is what I want to touch on today, that who we believe God to be, who we've walked with him, what we've seen him do in our life, shapes who we think he is. So my story and God in it, or the perceived lack thereof God in it helps define who I believe God to be. Does that make sense? So I believe that our story directly impacts who we believe God to be. And I, I was pondering on this so much last Sunday. We were singing that old hymn, Blessed Assurance, which I love. And, and the chorus of that, this is my story, this is my song praising my saviour all the day long and all week it's been going around in my head and I've been singing it and pondering on it and it's like it causes me to stop and think okay well what is my story and what has my story been and have I praised God in all the chapters of my story it's actually not this is my perfect story this is my easy story or this is my always fun story Therefore, I will praise my saviour. No. it's This is my story. No matter what it may look like, good, bad or ugly, and I'm actually going to choose to look for God in my story. I'm actually going to choose to look at my life with God-shaped glasses. Because each and every one of us actually have an incredible story. We were created by him. In his image. We're loved by him. For most of us here today, we came to a point in time where we chose to have him as our Lord and saviour. And we get to spend eternity with him. It's the perfect story. The stuff in between all of that, that's life. It's the happy, it's the sad, it's the painful, it's the sorrowful, it's the hurting. But that's the life in between it all. So, my story shapes me, but it doesn't actually define me. And again, last week I was sharing on the story of um, Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah covers an incredible time in history. And if you look at all the kings that reigned during Isaiah's time, it's quite hilarious. (laughs) It's quite hilarious that they didn't necessarily learn from the generation before them. And of many of the kings, it actually says that they did well in the sight of the Lord. But then they went and erected the high places But then they came back to God and they tore them down again. And then the next generation came along and they built the high places again and then they tore them down again. And it was almost like this schizophrenic, um, you know, up and down through the generations, through the children of Israel. And it was quite an incredible journey. And I think that um, Isaiah 54 for me has been standing out as, as such a beautiful story of Christ's redemption in their story and in our story and I invite you to turn to there because I'll make reference to Isaiah 54 quite a bit this morning so prior to this point Israel had been in captivity of the Babylonians and in some point uh, I think it was quite a few chapters before they'd basically cried out to God and had said why have you abandoned us where are you we're in captivity You're supposedly our God, we're supposedly your chosen people and where are you in this? And then Isaiah 54 comes in and it's such an incredible chapter as I said of the redemption of Christ. You know God in this chapter, he's not only redeeming Israel but he's actually saying that I'm going to enlarge you, I'm going to give you increase, I'm going to take the shame of your past and restore you into a place of wholeness. He says that he's going to rebuild them into something exquisite. And if anyone tries to come against them, they will fail because they are protected. This is his promise to them because they are his people. So what the, the um, nation of Israel had gone through in captivity was horrible. You know, you read those chapters before and see what they'd walked through and it wasn't a nice story. But at the end of the day, this was their story. It's what they had actually gone through. And so at the end of Isaiah 54, if you jump down to verse 17, as I shared last week, it said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This is their heritage. Psalms actually says, your testimonies I have taken as heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart his promises, his truth. What he says in this word of God, what he declares, that's our heritage. That's what each and every one of us have. Just like he declared to the nation of Israel in that moment, that you may have gone through all of these things, but I'm actually going to restore you. Not only going to rescue you, but I'm actually going to give you increase I'm going to cause the shame of your years to be erased from your life. This is the heritage that we walk in. My story shapes me. It doesn't define me. So was there a time in our life when we look back at our story and God wasn't in it? No. But there were plenty of times when we look back at our story and we choose not to see God in it. God's always been in our story, in every chapter, in everything that we've walked through. Just like the nation of Israel, God God never takes himself away from us. Who knows, we walk away from him. We choose to close our eyes. We choose to not see God in our circumstance. And I think a, a part of the greatest challenge for us is that when we first experience something or when we're first told something... That often becomes the truth that is then central to our lives. And I think about this a lot with Arabella at the moment. We've started playing this game to and from school of um, who made it because she's so inquisitive and she wants to know everything. So it's like, mum, who made the trees? Well, God made the trees. Who made the car? Man made the car. Who made our house? Man made the house. Who made me? A big bang. Arabella has no reason to question that. Because I am the mum and I know everything. So I've told her the truth in that moment. Now at some point in her life, Arabella comes to Christ. And she discovers a great conflict in her life. When God says, I love you just the way you are because I created you. But then Arabella looks back at her life and says, but bad things have happened to me. I've walked through these struggles. I've had to face these things and God, you weren't there. You didn't create me, so therefore why would you walk through those things with me? They weren't fun, so you wouldn't want to be with me in those instances. If my life is a battle every day, who do I believe God to be? If I was abused as a child, who do I believe God to be? If I lost everything, who do I believe God to be? If I struggle with mental illness every day, who do I believe God to be? If God allowed all of these things to happen in my life, who do I believe God to be? My truth is clearly God loves you. Clearly God is walking with you in your life. But my sins are too great. I've done too many things wrong because look at my life and look at the distraction behind it. Clearly God God has this rating system and you rate higher than me because look at your life and look at the absence of God in my life. Maybe if I try better. Maybe if I do more, maybe if I love more, then God might love me more. I think for those of us that have been walking with God for a while, we know that God is in our story. We know that he walks with us. We know that he loves us. But I think each and every one of us comes to a time in life when we go, my head knows that. But right now, I'm about to step into this circumstance. And last time I was here, I didn't see God in that place. So why would I have the confidence to believe that God is going to walk through this situation with me this time? So therefore, I better take charge. And I better fix this situation myself. Can I challenge us that we actually need to find the courage to look back at our life from where we stand today and find God in the chapters of our life. We need to find him in the loneliness. We need to find him in the anguish. We need to find him in the turmoil. We need to find him in the loss, in the illness. In those seasons of life, we actually need to find him. And if we believe that Jesus is our friend, if we believe that, that he is walking with us every day, then when we're walking through these situations, when it's so easy to say, I'm alone, God's deserted me, it's in those moments that we go, okay, Jesus, where are you right now? Where are you while I'm facing this loss? Where are you when I'm in the middle of this sickness? Where are you when I'm fighting this battle? Where are you? Or even have the courage to look back on those past hurts. Where were you? Where were you when I was a little child? Where were you when I was scared? Where were you when I was broken? Where were you when I was crying out for you and I couldn't find you? These are tough questions because you know what? It's so much better to pick up the edge of the carpet and sweep it all under. So much easier just to go, God is good, amen? Amen? But no, he is good all the time. But I hurt and I'm broken and that's the reality of life and you know what sometimes it's hard to find god in those places but like i said at the beginning i believe that if we don't find god in those places then that's set a part of our truth as who we believe god to be we've believed wrongly i'm carrying that as who i believe god to be and it's not right it's shaping my life. It's shaping how I influence your life. It's shaping the generations to come, that lie that I've believed. So I can't sweep it under the carpet. I actually have to go, God, do you know what? This may hurt for a little minute, but I'm going to peel this band-aid back and I'm going to go, okay, I trust that your truth is stronger ...than the lie that I've believed. I trust that what you want me to know... ...is greater than the lie that I've believed. So I believe that you're going to meet me in this place. I believe that, that when I desire and when I seek to find you... ...I'm actually going to find you. I'm not encouraging us to relive the traumatic or painful events of our life... I don't believe that God needs us to, to lay on a couch and, and start our childhood and go back through all of our hurts and our pains. No. God doesn't need us to relive something to be free from it. I think God simply wants to show us this is the area where you've believed something that's not true. This is the area that I want you to see freedom in. So our prayer is simply, God, show me the areas that I believe wrongly about you and help me replace those with your truth. This is where I love Philippians 4.7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. For me, this says that I'm not going to know it all. I'm not going to have all the understanding that I seek. For the rest of my, la- my days, my life, I'm going to have questions. Things are going to happen to me, things are going to happen to you that I have no understanding of. But do you know what? God's not sitting up there playing a cruel joke on us. He's not doing that to inflict pain upon us. There's a reason behind everything is there not and so what God is actually saying is that even though you don't have understanding in this area my peace surpasses that lack of understanding so what he's saying there is that my mind is going to be in absolute peace about the fact that I don't understand why I battle that every day or why I went through that in my life, or why you, you know, sit with that, whatever that may be. God wants us to be in a place of peace, in amongst the turmoil, in amongst the storm. He's not taking away the chaos or the storm, is he? I'm sorry, is this really depressing? (laughs) But he promises to walk with us. And I love that he promises his peace because that's what we need. Because if we can't come to that place of finding that peace, then I'm going to believe that lie and I'm going to live in that turmoil and I'm not going to find freedom. And that's our second step, to know God and to find freedom. We need to know him and truly know him so that we can come to that place of freedom. The enemy wants us to have shame about our story so that we don't tell it, so that we keep our mouth shut. God actually wants us to see his hand in our story so that we tell everyone. We overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. If we hold shame, if we hold grief, if we hold on to to the pain in our story, then we're not going to share our story. But if we can actually turn that around, if we can find the truth in our story, then I'm going to stand on the top of the rooftop and tell my story till the cows come home. Isaiah 54 verse 4 says, Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood. How many times does God reinforce his message in that one verse? You will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. You will not forget. You will forget your shame. I love that. That is his promise. In him, we don't have to live with our cloak of shame around about our life. We don't have to live in the turmoil of our yesterdays. God is saying he can redeem our areas of captivity. I don't have to walk in them any longer. He wants to show me the truth. He wants to show me him. Because of who he is, we've got the ultimate covering in all of this, in this journey. Isaiah 54.5 says, your maker is your husband. Now, this is probably a verse that's going to be a little easier for us girls to understand. Probably a little bit of a stretch for you guys. So, I hope I'm not bursting anyone's bubble today to say that for those of you that are mar- married, your husband is not the perfect husband. goodness only (laughs) minus the man we're married to is not perfect he cannot meet all my needs he was never designed to meet all my needs he was never created to meet all my needs god is our perfect husband he is our protector he's our provider he's our friend He always loves, he comforts us, he's the perfect Mr. Fix-It. So you guys are actually let off the hook today. You don't have to be perfect, you don't have to meet all my needs, you don't have to provide everything for me. But hopefully this is great for you guys as well because you actually get a husband. That kind of, I should have phrased that differently. You get a protector, a provider, a friend, a perfect Mr. Fixer. Do you know what? You don't always have to have it all together. How much pressure is that in our life? I don't know about you but to try and hold it together, to try and be perfect, to try and provide, to try and do all these things. For you guys that carry that pressure I don't know how you get out of bed in the morning. It's heavy. And we can't do it. And we were never designed to do it. And so I love that this is the promise that God makes for us girls and for you guys. Let's take away the term husband. (laughs) God is our protector. He's our provider. He's our comforter. He's our lover. He's our friend. He's our everything that we need but if I believe wrongly about him then when I read something like that that God is my husband I'm going to see that through the eyes of the natural and through life circumstances I'm going to see that my husband lets me down that sometimes he treats me badly that he's not always there for me he doesn't always listen he leaves the toilet seat up He leaves toothpaste in the bowl. You know what I mean? So then God says he's my husband. Well, my husband's not perfect, so therefore how can God be perfect? It's framed who I think God to be. So I'm proud of my story, of my brokenness, of my stuff-ups, of my shortcomings, my humanness, because look at my God in my story. And therefore I know who he is. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my saviour all the day long. So I need to come to a place where I find God in every chapter of that story. Because when I meet you, I need to tell you my story. I need to tell you how incredible God is. I need to tell you that I was born into a world knowing God from my very first breath. That I was raised by God-fearing parents who loved him in every area of their life. But that I spent the first half of my life knowing the storybook Jesus and the second part of my life getting to know the real him. That I tried to do so many things on my own but I discovered time and time again that I can't do it. Such a revelation that only by his grace my life is as it is. Discovered him in the heart-wrenching tears and in the precious joy-filled ones. In every season remaining firmly anchored to him. In his unending grace my life is so full of so many precious ones. They are his gift and his gift to me. Therefore my life praises him. Or this is my story. God formed me and caused me to be born. He protected me in a world that didn't know him. The enemy tried to use life circumstances to cause me to lose hope, but God pursued me and he found me. Everything I could do wrong, I did. The shame was overwhelming, but he showed me that during those hopeless times, he was there. Sharing my tears, I was never alone. Now I walk beside him during the tough times and during the great times. He brought incredible people into my life and blessed me with a new family. Though days are not always easy, I'm continually looking for him in those days. Know whatever our story is. Whether we've walked with him for our lifetime or whether we met him yesterday. We can find the God in the chapters of our story. We can find him in the not-so-good times. We can praise him in those great times. But we need to scratch the surface. We actually need to dig deep. We need to pull back the Band-Aid and look in those painful areas and go, my story, it needs to be told. My story that glorifies God, my story that was not always easy that doesn't have all the answers. I need to overcome the shame because there is no condemnation in Christ. And I need to be able to stand up and go, this is my story. Meet my God. This is who he is. This is what the enemy tried to make me believe. This is what I I may have been told from the time I was born, that I am as the result of a big bang. But you know what? God got a hold of that lie. And he showed me. He showed me that before there was anything, there was God. He showed me that he was in the beginning. He showed me that he created me in my mother's womb. He showed me that he breathed the breath of life into me. So therefore, I know That that God that created me, he's walked through every chapter of my life with me. My story, it shapes me, but it does not define me. Is your story one that God would have chosen for you? No. God created the Garden of Eden. He created perfection. That was the life that he wanted for us. We stuffed it up. We chose to say, I want to do this my way. I want to figure it out. I want to do life according to, to my own set of rules. And God in his mercy and grace didn't write us off. How much easier would it have been at that moment if God said, okay, take two, Adam and Eve, go. I'm going to start again. No. God said, you know what? Above all else, I want your heart's affection. Above all else, I want you to truly know me, which means you have to truly choose me. It's your choice. So God said, in that, you can choose, but I am never going to leave you and I am never going to forsake you. Which means no matter what chapter, you're walking through, no matter what choices you have made. And let's not go blaming God. Let's face it, the dumb choices, they're our choices. Let's own them today. But despite the fact that they are our dumb choices, God is still saying, you know what, I'm still walking with you. I'm going to walk through the wilderness with you, I'm going to walk through the desert with you. I'm going to walk up that mountain with you, in that valley, across that river. No matter where you're walking, I'm going with you. I'm sticking to you like glue because you are under my heritage. Because you are my son. You are my daughter. So therefore, I'm sticking with you. My promises, what I've declared, they're for you. Not because you've done it right, not because you've made the right choices, but because of His righteousness for us. Because He has made each and every one of us righteous. Can I get the band up? It's not about us, it's about Him. And I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes in our story, we can get so overwhelmed that our story becomes all about us. Our story is an opportunity for us to reflect the glory of God. For you to see the power of God in me. For you to see the love of God in me. For you to see the incredible grace of a loving father in my life. Do I have to show you perfection? No. Do I have to show you that I've got it all together, that I've got all the answers? No. All I simply have to do is point my life back to God, that it's only because of him. And you know what? I don't have to cower in shame. I don't have to live under my covers because God says he's taken my shame. And just in case I didn't hear it the first time, he said it a second time, I've taken your shame. And just in case I didn't get it the second time, he said it a third time, I have taken your shame. So we have no excuses. There's nothing more that we need to carry. There's no reason for us not to stand on the rooftops and declare, my God is an awesome God my god is god of the impossible just look at my life will you stand with me church can i just say that if you have the courage to go to dig into some of those painful places that you don't need to do it alone if you need to visit some places that that are still very painful for you, then come and see us. Come and see myself or one of the other pastors and let us help you find God in that place. Because who knows that that in every season, there's still a time of mourning, isn't there? I was reading the other day about um, when God took Moses, you know, and the children of Israel, they mourned for 30 days or whatever it was for the acceptable time. I'm not saying that that after 30 days we've got to suck it up and get over it <laughs> there's still a, but there is a time for mourning but you know what there's a time for rejoicing and if we're stuck on repeat, if we're stuck in that season of mourning, then we haven't found the truth of God in that. We actually need to have the courage to go, God, I'm stuck in your lie right now because this grief I'm meant to feel this pain. I'm meant to go for this season and mourn the death of Moses. But then, God, you gave Joshua. And you declared that there was a promised land for me to go into. I'm not meant to stay here. I'm not meant to stay at the foot of this mountain. I'm meant to cross over this river and I'm meant to go and get what it is that you've promised for me. So therefore, I've got to be willing to shake off this grief. I've got to be willing to go, God, I can't get out of this season of mourning on my own. I need your truth to set me free. And you don't have to do that alone. But can I say that you need to do it because the world out there, the world needs to hear your story not your story that you've been in mourning for the last 20 years. That's not praising God. That's not giving him glory. We need to find victory. We need to find his truth so that we can go, you know what world? I faced it. And yes, I mourned and I felt that pain and I felt that hurt. But you know what? God meant me in that place. God took my brokenness and shame. He took my heartache and he made something beautiful out of it. He made my life out of it. God. Oh, Father, right now we just stand before you as your children. (laughs) Lord, that we are righteous in you. It's not what we've done. It's not what we could do. God, our desire is for more of you. Our desire is to find freedom, is to find freedom so that we can impact humanity, so that we can declare at the end of our days that we've told our story and people have come to know you because of it, Father God. So right now, Father, for those that are willing, for those that are ready, for those that feel safe to, Father God, would you reveal that area of lie that they've believed in their life, whether it's from experience or whether they've been told right now, Father God? Lord, where is our wrong belief? What What has skewed our perception of you, Father God? Lord, we don't want anything to stand in our way. And so, God, we declare, Lord, that your truth trumps our truth, Father God. So, Lord, right now, Lord, I pray for a divine exchange. Lord, as we offer up our lies, as we, as we offer up our dead places, as we offer up our mourning, Father God, Lord, would you release your truth upon your people right now? Old lies, lies that are rooted, lies that were spoken even from birth, lies that were spoken from parents, from spouses, from the world. Father God, right now you're exchanging those lies for your truth. Right now you're digging into people's hearts and you're just plucking it out. Areas that we didn't even realise, Father God, you're saying you've believed wrongly there. Let me show you right now who I am. Let me show you that I am your father. Let me show you that I am your husband. I am your protector. I am your provider. I am perfection in your life. And let me show you that I created you, that I love you. And so therefore, every season of your life, every chapter that you walk through, I was there, I will be there, and I am there. I'm the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. I will never be absent. I will always be in your life. So look for me. Put on those God-shaped glasses and dig deeper. Dig deeper and find him. Scratch the surface. God, right now I am hurting. God, right now I have questions. God, right now it feels like you've gone. But I know your truth. So God, right now show me where you are. Even now, he's opening your eyes. He's showing you. In that financial struggle, he's showing you. In that relationship breakdown, he's showing you. In that sickness, he is showing you right now. Right now. Release your truth, Father God. Your truth. This is my story, this is my song praising my Savior all the day long, all the day, all the day, all the day, no matter what we've walked through, no matter what it looks like, church. It's not perfection. It's not easy. But can we declare that today? This is my story. This is my song. I'm owning it today. I'm owning it. And I'm choosing to praise my Savior in it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God, we just glorify you right now.